0: Look at his movements, the most dangerous man on the planet, nobody picks him up. What a goal! Sensational! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again! The world is left to wonder, wide-eyed, thrilled, bemused, how on earth did that happen?
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wonder Goal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Lieboff, and joining me today is BJ Cunningham. Anthony DeBundo is on vacation. Uh, I think he's at the Big East tournament or something like that. Uh, either way, we will trudge on without his insight. For a loaded weekend of uh, Premier League action, uh, right off the top, we do have to say, there are four Premier League games on Thursday. We are recording this on Wednesday night. Uh, in order to get this out on Thursday morning, those matches are Norwich City versus Chelsea Wolves versus Watford Saints versus Newcastle and Leeds versus Aston Villa uh, but we will still do our best to uh, handicap every match that we can um, and get you prepared for the upcoming weekend of soccer action and we will start with a 12:30 p.m. kickoff on Saturday between Manchester United they're plus 115 at Old Trafford hosting Tottenham Hotspur who are plus 245 the draw for this one is plus 250 on the surface it seems like a pretty classic buy low sell high spot Spurs coming off a five nil drubbing of Everton who basically didn't show up to Tottenham Hotspur stadium on Monday and Manchester United, they got played off the park by their inner city rivals, Manchester city in a not so close loss in the Manchester Derby and United struggled with, with good sides this season. I think we've been talking about how we were skeptical of their improved metrics for a while because they were playing such a soft schedule and if you look at how they've done against the big boys of the Premier League, like Manchester City, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, I mean, even Watford. Uh, they've struggled with Watford, too. Just kidding. Uh, the United's just, their numbers aren't that good. BJ, I, I actually think Spurs is the value side on this one. We'll see where this market goes, but plus 245 for me, I think, is enough to get in on Tottenham.
0: Oh, yeah, so. I definitely agree with that. It's it's a little bit too low for me to play. Instead, I'm going to be looking at the, the total over two and a half goals at minus 130. I mean, the matches against Atletico and Man City have just truly shown that this Manchester United team hasn't changed a bit, really, from Rangnick uh, from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. They got completely dominated in the Manchester Derby on Sunday. They did not have a shot for the entire second half. Allowed City four goals, 2.7 expected goals. It was just a really bad performance. On the flip side, Tottenham, now their defense isn't anywhere near the level of Manchester City. Sure, they beat Everton 5 nothing on Monday. And look, I mean, we can try to sugarcoat it all we want, but it was just a bad performance by Everton. But Spurs have allowed uh, 11.2 expected goals in their seven previous matches from the one uh, against Everton. And only two of those opponents were actually in the top seven. So facing Manchester United is going to be a step up in competition. Overall for the season, Tottenham is 13th in shots allowed per 90 and 10th in big scoring chances allowed. They're also not a great pressing team. They're only 10th in passes per defensive action, 17th in pressure success rate, and actually have the fewest High turnovers in the Premier League. That's huge for Manchester United, who has really struggled to play through pressure uh, this season. United, they should be getting Ronaldo back, it looks like, on Saturday, which obviously will be a big boost uh, for them, even though they have played a relatively easy schedule under Ragnick. Still 1.6 expected goals per match. I have around 3.3 goals projected. So it is, uh, you know, a tad, tad pricey over two and a half goals at minus 130. Both teams' score is also uh, pretty pricey at minus 155, but both of them. I would be willing to pay that type of price because I don't see anything other than chaos in this match, given how not only good Tottenham's offense has been, how talented Man United's offense has been, but how shaky Man United has looked defensively. And also Tottenham, even at, uh, the Beverton match, even they Toffees did create a few chances here and there, but especially against bigger sides, Tottenham has allowed a ton of chances. So over two and a half goals and minus 130 is where I'm going.
1: Yeah, a pretty good live betting match, too. If the Spurs go down early, I think I. Will be in on them again um, because I don't trust Manchester United to hold the lead at all. Um, all right, we'll move to Saturday morning. The seven thirty a.m. kickoff is Brighton there at home plus five fifty hosting Liverpool minus two hundred five. The draw here is plus three seventy. Uh, Liverpool's long unbeaten streak came to an end against Inter Milan in the Champions League. They lost one nil uh, at Anfield. That was their first home loss in about a, a year. And it kind of drove home at the point that I was making in our Champions League podcast, which is these performances are starting to show from Liverpool. And I think going against them will finally pay off. And I know I sound like a broken record. They are still maybe the second best team in the world. Sure. But they're giving up scoring chances. They're getting by against teams like West Ham, and uh, they they had to come from behind against Norwich City. There are just some cracks showing on the defensive side of the ball. Some defensive regression is coming for this team, and they struggle with Brighton, uh, who is an underdog that likes to punch up, and they do it very well. We like to bet on Brighton when they're at big prices on the show, and I'll be doing it again. Uh, this season at Anfield, they drew 1-1 with Brighton. The expected goals were basically split down the middle. Uh, and over the past two seasons, Brighton has actually one 2-0 and win-draw loss against Liverpool. So you're giving me plus 550 against a team that has kind of turned into a bogey team for Liverpool. Um, at home, uh, I'll take it despite the fact that Brighton has really struggled lately. They're 0-0 and 4 win-draw loss uh, with a minus-8 goal differential, nine goals against one goal, four. However, those numbers are a little inflated. The sh- expected goals them have some- suggest they should have four goals over that span, and I've only allowed six and a half. Still not good, but better than what their actual results are. So I'll take a shot, Brighton. Uh, bet- anything better than 5-1 to for me. I like the Seagulls.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to end up passing on this one. That match against Liverpool early in the season was really interesting because Liverpool actually went up 2 nothing. And Brighton just started to control the possession. They started to control the midfield and they really created two really nice chances and ended up drawing two, two. If you go back to that though, Liverpool was without a lot of their central midfielders. So there's a lot of chances for Brighton with their buildup play to, you know, take advantage of Liverpool's midfield. Obviously Liverpool is healthy now, but they have to be exhausted. I mean, this is their fourth match in 10 days. I understand Klopp now has a ton of depth and he can rotate a lot of guys, but, Still, it's it's a tough – it's a really – it's really a sandwich spot because obviously playing Inter uh, on Tuesday, and then they've got Arsenal on Wednesday. So big-time sandwich spot going on the road. My projections, I have this pretty much dead on. I have Liverpool at around minus 195, the total set right at three. So there really isn't much value for me. Brighton, it's tough. You know, losing four straight and losing the expected goals medal in all four uh, against some pretty weak competition outside of Manchester United is a little bit concerning. For the Seagulls, they're starting to drop a little bit in the table, but they're going to be comfortably uh, mid-table for the rest of the season. So uh, definitely if I was going to play anything, it would probably be Brighton. But since my projections have this right on, I'll be passing.
1: There's only one 10 a.m. kickoff on Saturday because of the the scheduling wonkiness from the Omicron surge. There's a game at 7.30 a.m. Saturday, 10 a.m. on Saturday, 12.30 p.m. on Saturday, and then a bunch of 10 a.m. starts on Sunday. And we also have Monday Night Football. So... The only 10 a.m. game is uh, Brentford and Burnley in a relegation six-pointer. The Bs are plus 115. Burnley comes back plus 260 on the road. The draw here is plus 230. Uh, this Let's set up the relegation battle right as it stands. A bunch of these teams are playing on Thursday. Newcastle, they have 28 points from 26 games. The Bees, Brentford, they're 27 points from 28 games. The Then we got Leeds, 23 points from 27 games. Everton, 22 points from 25 games. Burnley 21 from 26 there and 18th Watford 19th with 19 points in 27 games played Norwich city, 17 points from 27 games played Norwich Watford, Newcastle and Leeds are all playing on Thursday. So this could look different by the time you're listening to this. However, um, I think it's pretty good spot to get in on Brentford. I think we're starting to see them turn a corner a little bit here and I want to beat the market to it, even though this number isn't that great. It's only, you know, it's, it's not a huge number, That said, um, you know, you're getting plus money at home against the team that's in 18th place in the the league. So maybe it's nothing to thumb your nose at. Burnley's uh, lost two in a row, six goals against zero goals for uh, the expected goals suggest that those numbers are a little inflated. However, um, it's just not a great matchup for Burnley, uh, except for the fact that Brentford does have trouble defending set pieces. I do trust the bees and their slight uptick in form. They did show something. Christian Eriksen should make a difference. Ivan Tony looks to be back in form as well. So I think we're going to be getting a performance from Brentford. That looks more like the team we saw in September and October than the one we've seen in uh, the winter.
0: Absolutely. You hit the nail right on the head. It's that this is just the match against Norwich was one of those. Finally, like finally Brentford put together a big performance. I understand they had a couple of penalties in there, but still it was the culmination of a ton of overdue positive regression for the bees. Since their bad run started back on January 11th, they've picked up only four points in nine matches, but based on expected points, they should have around a little over 10. So they're still due for more of that positive aggression. And the return of Ivan Tony is, is so He's just so important for their attack. He's got a 0.52 XG plus expected assist per 90 minute rate, which is the best on the team and is in the top 20 in the premier league Burnley back-to-back pretty bad defensive performances for them. You know, the Chelsea match, For the first half, they looked to be in it, and then Chelsea kind of put them away in the second, but still not a great defensive performance. There's just sloppiness in those two matches uh, versus Leicester and Chelsea. This is another pretty good spot here for for Brentford to surge here offensively. The biggest thing, though is the home road splits. We've talked about Brentford and Burnley just ad nauseum, the home road splits. Brentford plus 2.2, expect a goal differential home. Burnley minus 11, expect a goal differential on the road. So I have Brentford projected at minus 114. So it definitely is some value on the Bs at plus 115.
1: Sunday morning, 10 a.m. kickoff between Chelsea. there 320 hosting Newcastle, plus 950 on the road. The draw here is plus 450. Both teams in action on Thursday. Chelsea uh, taking on Norwich City at Carroll Road. Newcastle will be traveling South to uh, Southampton. It's not a great spot for Newcastle in terms of travel, but I think this is an interesting spot to take on Chelsea. They'll be looking ahead to a Champions League game in the midweek coming up. Newcastle has been better. I think they've been much better than I've expected. I've been wrong on them all season, or at least since Eddie Howe took over and, I think that this is a game where Chelsea they're pretty comfortable in their spot. It's not, they're kind of playing out the string in the premier league. They could rotate their squad to keep them fresh for the uh, champions league, especially if they get the win against North city uh, as we all expect them on Thursday. So I think uh, you're getting a pretty big number on Newcastle and it's one that I'm probably not going to look away from at plus nine fifty. So I'll be on the magpies money line. I think maybe for the second time all season, I'll be betting on Newcastle and uh, don't feel good about it, but, Going to
0: do it. It's interesting. Obviously, since we're taping this before the Thursday matches, I'm very, very, I'm not really interested to see what happens with Chelsea and Norwich. It is what it is, unless obviously Norwich pulls off some crazy upset. But I'm very interested to see what Newcastle does against Southampton because since their recent resurgence, since the January transfer window when they brought in pretty much $100 million worth of players, they've had a pretty easy schedule. They've played Watford, Leeds, Everton, West Ham. Aston Villa, Brentford, Brighton, and then Southampton on Thursday. So they haven't really faced the top side. I'm very interested to see how they'll deal with that because they're trying to switch to a 4-3-3. They're trying to play more possession-based, which they've done their last two matches. But how are they going to be out of possession? Are they going to fall back into the normal Newcastle 4-4-2 under Steve Bruce, or are they going to try to play with Chelsea in the 4-3-3 and play up-tempo? I think that would be a recipe for disaster for Norwich uh the last time these two teams faced it was you know obviously things have changed quite a bit but newcastle did absolutely nothing for the whole match chelsea beat them three nothing at st james park newcastle had 0.3 expected goals chelsea outpassed them 779 to 227 newcastle only had six shots so i'm pretty much dead on with the market here with my projections so i'm happy to pass maybe taking a look at an under but other than that uh i'm just very interested to see how newcastle is going to perform against
1: one of the top sides leeds united and north city another relegation mm-hmm. six pointer leeds is minus 170 their odds on at home taking on north city plus 450 the draw is plus 340 the market i think in this match maybe more than any other one with that will be affected by thursday this one can move a lot after we recorded this because leeds is playing villa and leeds looked pretty good under Jesse Marsh in their first game against Leicester. So good performance from Leeds. And this number could actually balloon even further, which is interesting since they are uh, already minus 170, despite the fact that they are in 16th place in the table. However, uh, this matchup, I think, sets up pretty well for the Peacocks. And I like taking them on an alt spread, minus one and a half, minus two and a half. Whatever you float to your boat, minus one and a half right now, I think is plus 143. I saw. And the reason I like that is because I think they're going to win this game. And in true Leeds United fashion, if they do win this game, it's probably going to come by multiple goals against a team that shouldn't be able to take advantage of Leeds' biggest bugaboo, which is their defense. North City's uh, attack has been awful all season. So, in terms of a matchup, can't get better than this for basically anybody because it's North City. Um, and I'd rather take the big price on something then, um, you know, just lay it with leads or throw them in a money line parlay.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It's, I'm, I'm on leads minus one uh, at even money. This is one of those situations where, since I've been recording this before, but on Thursday, what I usually do in a situation like this where I know that the leads number could potentially get a lot better or a lot worse considering they're basically a pick up against Aston Villa, I'm going to have that lead spread open during the match. If if they go up or they look, are starting to look really good in the first half, it's automatic fire on leads. If they start to stumble or maybe Villa gets ahead on a couple low quality chances. I'll probably wait for the end of the match and see if the market overreacts to that and potentially get leads at a better number. I don't think you're going to, I don't think the Norwich Chelsea match is really going to affect this number at all, but very similar to that. I'm, I'm waiting on to see what happens with leads. I mean, they look so good under Jesse Marsh, that first match. So this is a really good opportunity, I think, to get it at a cheaper price. I mean, we've said it so many times and we've said it in so many different iterations, but Norwich is just horrible. Like there's just really no other way to describe how bad they are. Offensively, they're now in dead last and non-penalty expected goals by a pretty considerable margin. They're dead last in shots per ninety and big scoring chances. In fact, they haven't created a big scoring chance in their last five matches. Their defense has also been really bad the last five. Thirteen point six expected goals allowed in those in those matches. They're near the bottom in the Premier League at playing through pressure, which is not a good match against Leeds, who actually in their first match under Jesse March, I mentioned it in the last podcast, had pressed around 190 times in the match, which is what, well above the average they were doing under Bielsa. So Leeds being at Ellen Road where they're much better, only around a minus three expected goal differential versus minus 13 on the road. I think this is a really good spot for them with the new manager bounce under Jesse Marsh. I have leads projected around minus one point two, so I uh, minus one at even money. I think you're getting decent value on the peacocks.
1: Yeah, there's not much uh, we can really say to to keep summing up. How bad? North City is but they're bad. It's, 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 it's good on them for hanging. They should have been out of this race. I think six weeks ago, seven weeks ago. Uh, but good for them, uh, staying sticking around. West Ham are plus one twenty favorites hosting Aston Villa plus two forty five. The draw here is plus two forty. Aston Villa in action on. Thursday. And I think uh, an interesting spot in terms of a matchup uh, Assevilla's offense doesn't really create much. They're 19th in big chances created in the premier league this season. And that's how you, you should be taking advantage against uh, West Ham, whose defense can be a little bit leaky. However, they're getting healthier. Uh, and I think their performance against Liverpool kind of showed that, like I was talking about with Brentford, we're starting to see a more performances from West Ham closer to what we saw when they were uh, at their peak. We're not saying that we're going to see them, you know, pull the results like they did when they beat Liverpool uh, in November. But I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that they're starting to round back into form as well. So I'm closer to West Ham here, but the number is not big enough for me uh, because I just don't really think that Villa is going to be able to create enough.
0: Yeah, West Ham is starting to trend in the right direction offensively, you know, after a couple of really like four straight dud performances in January, 3.4 expected goals in their last two matches against Wolves and Liverpool. However, this situation isn't the best for them because they have on Thursday, they're traveling to Sevilla for a Europa League match on Thursday night. And then they have to fly back for this one on Sunday. Also, it looks like at the time of taping this, that Jared Bowen is going to be out for West Ham. And that's just absolutely detrimental to their offense. 0.53 XG plus expected assist per 90 minutes. That's by far the best rate on the team uh similar to the newcastle southampton match i'm very interested to see how aston villa plays on thursday against leeds because if they can back up their tremendous offensive performance from the weekend against southampton then maybe gerrard has them headed in the right direction but they have been overperforming offensively under him 23 goals off of only 18 expected so with the travel for west ham with bowen being out it's a pass for me on the money line Potentially, maybe looking at under under two and a half goals at minus one hundred five right now. Again, I'm going to wait and see what the Aston Villa performance looks like uh, on Thursday, and if it's a complete dud offensively and it's a, a low event type game against Leeds, which you know don't really doesn't really happen when you play Leeds United, I might be firing on uh, under two and a half goals at minus one hundred five.
1: Southampton are minus one sixty five hosting Watford plus four twenty five. The draw here is plus three thirty. Both teams in action on Thursday. Watford's defense, we've still talked about it. It's improving under Roy Hodgson, and they found a way to score two goals against Arsenal last weekend. So who knows uh, what, what's going to come out of that offense And uh, any given day. Usually it's a dud, but they just pull out these performances out of nowhere. Uh, I think this game sets up with both teams playing on Thursday, and then so playing again in short rest, and Watford would bite your hand off for a draw in, uh, on the road at Saints. I think that this sets up for Roy Hodgson putting... 10 people behind the ball, slow trying to do his best to slow Southampton down, just give them the ball, which I don't think Southampton necessarily wants. They're a team that loves to press and counterattack. So it just feels like it's going to be an ugly, ugly match. And I think it's a recipe for success for a draw better. And it's north of three to one plus 330. So I'm going there.
0: I'm kind of there with you. It's, uh, it's, it's not a great spot for both either team, obviously, having to play on short rest, but especially for Watford having to travel. back-to-back matches i'll probably wait and see what happens on thursday with both of these before playing this but i think there's definitely some value on watford here i try not to overweight motivation and handicapping matches until we get to the very end of the season that's basically when the market just drastically overreacts to teams that have to play for something and teams that don't but southampton is pretty comfortably in the middle of the table while and they really have no shot of finishing inside the top seven while watford has absolutely everything to play for. Like you mentioned, they'd bite your hand off for a draw. Roy Hodgson, I agree with you. He's actually doing a really good job with Watford. And you can make the case that they're due for a little bit of positive regression. In his seven matches in charge, Watford has a minus 1.7 expected goal differential, but a minus six actual goal differential. In fact, his expected goal differential per 90 minutes is minus 0.23, which is drastically better than the last two managers who combined for minus 0.76 per 90 minutes. So, and Watford is actually in the top half of the Premier League in big scoring chances, which has been Southampton's bugaboo all season long. They've conceded the fourth most in the league. And if you look at any, pretty much any other projection model from 538 to info goal, nobody has Southampton over 54%, which is essentially minus 120. So, there definitely is some value here on Watford. I love them on the spread plus one at minus 125, just from a pure market perspective. At some point, they got to get a little bit of this positive regression, and the job they're doing on Roy Hodgson, I think, bodes really well for them at the St.
1: Mary Stadium on Sunday. I don't want to do it, but we gotta. Uh, let's talk about Everton. They're plus. Let's one... do it. <laughs> they're plus one thirty at home, hosting Wolves plus two thirty five. The draw is plus two twenty five. Uh, the relegation pressure is real on Frank Lampard's Toffees. They have Wolves and then Newcastle at home coming up. Uh, two huge matches that anything less than four points is a disaster. Honestly, anything less than six is not good either. I do think they're catching Wolves at a good time here, especially with uh, Everton at home where they looked much more comfortable uh, under Lampard and just generally. The question is for me, uh, uh, there's a couple of things. The Everton defense was shambolic again against Tottenham, but they were really good against Manchester City and that game came at home. But City is a, a more of a lumbering uh, attack. They, they're not the kind of, press encounter that take advantage of a mistake and be opportunistic like Tottenham is. And that is, kind of why I feel a little confident about this matchup against Wolverhampton. This, uh, this offense is, I don't want to say they're toothless, but they are struggling only 3.1 expected goals in their last four matches, all losses. And they're not the type of team that's going to take advantage of this Everton, uh, the middle of the Everton defense, which whether it's Michael Keane, Jared Branthwaite, Mason Holgate, or Ben Godfrey, who is looking like he's healthy, which would be a huge, huge improvement over what we've seen. I just don't think this Wolves attack is the one that's going to punish Everton for the mistakes that they will inevitably make. So I think it's Everton or nothing at this number, but uh, I don't know if I, I have the cojones to do it.
0: Yeah. I'm there with you. It's definitely lean Everton here. That's the really, the only play for this match. I mean, there's really no way to share a code of what happened on Monday. I already said it, but I mean, it's just, it was just bad. Like it was just a really bad Everton performance. Now the question is, can they put that in the rear view mirror and, you know, get up for this match against Wolves because What I will say about Everton is a lot of their bad performances, like the one on Monday have come against the top seven. And we've said it in the premier league, there is a very clear top seven and it is a pretty steep drop off from there. You know, with wolves being sitting there in eighth place Everton versus the top seven this season is averaging 0.73 expected goals per match and allowing 1.78, but against the rest of the premier league, they're averaging 1.42 expected goals per match and only allowing 1.34. So, they definitely have a good shot here. They'll have the rest advantage over Wolves who has to play on Thursday afternoon. Wolves, the negative aggression is hitting them in a big way. They've lost three straight matches and have lost the expected goals battle in nine of their last 10 matches. So definitely leaning Everton here. I do not like the number at plus 130. I have them projected at plus 150. I would prefer to get Everton uh, a draw no bet at something like minus 110, minus 105. But if I can't get that, I'll ultimately just be passing on this one
1: the 12 30 p.m kickoff on sunday is your arsenal gunners here. Minus 200 hosting leicester city the draw here is plus 360 arsenal has liverpool coming up on wednesday after so a little bit of a look ahead spot however there's plenty of reasons to pay attention to this match with arsenal gunning for the top four and playing well of late i do think that it's it's another spot where you're getting a number that's way too high uh On the favorite, Arsenal at minus 200 is a little rich. They're still giving up goals. Leicester, we know, can punish. They can do it quickly uh, on the counter. However, their defense, you can't trust them either. So it does set up for um, what should be a back and forth affair. I think I'm going to sit back and wait and look to live bet this one. I think especially if Leicester goes down early, you're going to get a big number on them, and there's a chance that this arsenal defense can be picked apart and lesser can come back. So um, I'll, I'll be looking alive. Ben enjoy this one at 1230, hopefully after an Everton win. Um, but for the pregame market, nothing for me.
0: Yeah, I I actually like over three goals at 105. Arsenal's offense, I mean, I said it last week, it's been been one of the best in the Premier League, so basically since the start of December. Last 10 matches averaging 2.1 expected goals per match. Not only that, but now they're inside the top five in the league in both shots per 90 and box entries. Now you get to face a lesser defense that continues to be one of the worst in the league. Last weekend, they allowed 1.9 expected goals and 19 shots to Leeds but obviously ended up getting a clean sheet, actually back-to-back clean sheets for Leicester. Since Boxing Day, the Foxes have allowed 17.4 expected goals in nine matches. Johnny Evans is still injured, so that means Daniel Armati will continue to have to play out of position as center back, which clearly has not worked for the Foxes. Now, on the flip side of that, you saw it on Sunday. Arsenal's defense has been a bit shaky. They've made a few mistakes here and there. They've conceded in three straight matches, so Leicester's offense – which has been trending in the right direction, definitely should be able to create some big chances. We talk about it all the time with lesser set-piece issues, leads the Premier League 13 set-piece goals allowed, while Arsenal they scored nine goals off set-pieces this season. And also, neither team really presses at a very high rate, so there should be plenty of open space, plenty of opportunities in each final third for chances to be created. I have 3.2 goals projected, so at a price of uh, plus 105 on over three goals, uh, I think there's definitely some value there.
1: And finally, we will wrap up the EPL portion of the program with Crystal Palace. They're nine to one at home hosting Manchester City, minus 320. The draw here is plus 475. This is Monday, 3 p.m., Monday Night Football, under the lights at Selhurst Park. City uh, on 69 points from 28 games played. Right behind them is Liverpool at 63 points on 27 games played. They still have to play each other in April. Uh, And the goal differential separation right now is Manchester City at plus 50 Liverpool plus 51. So we do have a title race on our hands. Palace, of course, upset City as uh, 20 to 1, near 20 to 1 underdogs uh, a couple months ago. That was on the road. So revenge spot, if you want to look into it. City just took care of business in uh, the Champions League in a nil-nil draw against Sporting, which they won 5 nil in aggregate uh, and across the two legs. So I'm not too worried about the rest, especially since it's a Monday game. Um, Palace is a tricky spot. I think we can both agree that Crystal Palace is uh, compared to where they've been in, in seasons past. They are improved. They're not easy to break down. They're strong defensively. However, I just don't think they're going to have the ball enough. I mean, they're, I don't think they're going to score. So this is an under game to me. Uh, I honestly don't mind betting like an alt under, like maybe two and a half or if it's at one, one and a half. I don't know. I, this this screams one-nil City win, like on a Riyad Mahrez uh, PK in like the 30th minute or something, and then they hold on. It just doesn't sound like these two teams I don't think will create much of a uh, an exciting affair, so in likelihood, either pass or an under for me. What about you?
0: I think the spot is fantastic for Crystal Palace, playing into your your uh, your under narrative though. When Palace is behind this season, they're only allowing around one point one expected goals per ninety minutes, and they're also one of the best second half teams in the Premier League. So potentially, if you want to get in live on Palace, I think they have around a little over a plus five and a half expected goal differential in the second half. So if City goes up here. There is a potential to play Crystal Palace live, but I love them pregame, plus one and a half at even money. We've talked about it a ton, but Crystal Palace at home is unbelievable. Fifth in the Premier League in expected goal differential. And most importantly, they have been really good against the big boys at home. Against Tottenham, West Ham, Liverpool, and Chelsea, the Eagles have a plus 2.4 expected goal differential in those four matches. And defensively at home this season, they're only on 0.89 XG per 90 minutes. So, it's a really, really good team. And you mentioned it, the revenge angle. They did hand Manchester City one of their three losses in the Premier League this season, beat them to nothing. Now, Man City did get a red card in the 45th minute, but Wilford Zaha did score in the sixth minute, and then they ended up holding City to only 1.1 expected goals and one and only 14 shots. Man City, it's just they're just in weird form. We've said it like two or three times already, but just since the start of the new year, if you throw out the drubbing uh, against Norwich city has a plus 0.88 uh, expected goal differential per 90 minutes, which sounds really good. But when you compare it to their form of all of 2021, since start of the 20 this season through 2021, they had a plus 1.83 expected goal differential per 90 minutes. And it's starting to kind of show in their level of play. Cause it has dipped a tad. Additionally, the injury to Ruben Diaz is a blow. Obviously city has a ton of depth. So you know, it's not the, the biggest blow in the world, but he is clear in a way their best center back. So it's going to have a little bit of effect. I only have Manchester City projected, their spread projected at minus 1.07. So getting Palace at plus one and a half at, at even money, it definitely uh, for me has some value. And I think it's just a really good spot for the Eagles, especially it being on Monday.
1: On to the Bundesliga now. We'll give out a pick in Germany. I like Mines again. They were my team. Plus 180 on the road at Augsburg. Uh, mine's second best team in the bundesliga in goals against augsburg their offense is near the bottom uh, and so is their uh, their defense so you're talking about a pretty good matchup against that an offense that shouldn't be able to pose much of a threat to both fence inside so i think the number here is pretty good I'd, I'd make think mine should be a favorite even on the road against augsburg so um yeah go going back to mines baby plus 180.
0: What what a ludicrous line that is. I mean, what are we doing here? Like seriously, like Augsburg is so such an overperformer, so bad, should be in the relegation fight. And we've always talked about how much we love mines. Obviously, that match against Dortmund got postponed because of COVID. I'm pretty sure all mines cases are gone and they're they're gonna be fine for this match. So I believe that's on Friday as well. So I mean, what a beautiful Friday afternoon to take mines. But I'm actually going Union Berlin plus 105 at home against Stuttgart. This line, for me, is just way too low for an incredibly solid Union Berlin squad. They're one of the better defensive outfits in the Bundesliga, only 1.3 non-penalty expected goals allowed per match. The reason for that, they do not allow a ton of high-quality chances. They're third in the Bundesliga, conceding only 29 on the season. What's impressive about that, though, is they're actually not a big pressing team. They're dead last in the Bundesliga in passes per defensive action. They play out of either a 3-5-2 or a 5-3-2, which gives them a lot of solidity at the back, but what it also means is they're very reliant on their wing backs getting forward to supply the attack. And it shows in their numbers because they're second in the Bundesliga and crosses completed into the penalty area. while Stuttgart is allowing the fifth most crosses in the league. Stuttgart defensively has been a mess. 17.6 expected goals allowed in their last 10 matches, along with 17 big scoring chances. They're second to last in the league in shots allowed per 90, fourth to last in expected goals allowed, and third to last in box entries allowed. The last time these two teams met, Stuttgart absolutely stole a point. They got a red card. They were down one nothing, and they got a 93rd-minute goal. But Berlin outcreated them 1.2 to 0.5. So I have Berlin projected around minus 140. So at plus 105, I do like the value on them at home.
1: We'll go on to Syria. I'll be passing on the Italian league this weekend. What about you? Uh, Fiorentina.
0: Bologna under two and a half goals at plus 115. When I saw this line, I was just like, what are we doing here? Like, are, are we being serious? Because me and Anthony have talked about the overperformance in Italy and how just crazy these offenses are. Since Vlahovic left for Juventus, Fiorentina matches are only averaging around 2.5 total expected goals. Bologna is one of the more low event teams in Serie A. But it's a massive over performance. Their matches are averaging 2.35 expected goals. But if you look at actual goals, they're averaging 2.74. So essentially, Bologna is a very overrated offense and a very underrated defense, which is a perfect recipe to bet on some regression by taking an under. Fiorentina is actually number one in Italy in shots allowed per 90 minutes, only around 9.3. On average Bologna offensively has been pretty pathetic. Only 0.93 non penalty expected goals per match and only created 17 big scoring chances in 27 matches. So it's going to be difficult for them to break down one of the better defenses in Italy. Also, both these defenses are top four in Syria in XG allowed per shot off of set pieces, which is really bad news for both offenses who have been incredibly reliant on set pieces and penalties to score goals. So I only have around 2.1 goals projected. So at under two and a half at plus 115, let's hope we can get some of that positive regression.
1: Uh, on to La Liga, I like athletic club Bilbao, plus 230 taking on Real Batiste. Uh, Bilbao's on the road as a pretty big underdog, but I think it's another you know good matchup on a team that is generally underrated by the market. Um, Real Batiste, they're not terribly good defensively. They're 15th in La Liga in big scoring chances allowed, 14th in non-penalty expected goals allowed. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Bilbao is top six in both of those metrics. You flip it on the defensive side, Bilbao is third in preventing big scoring chances. And that's what you need to do against uh, this Real Betis side, who is sixth in big scoring chances allowed, fourth in non-penalty expected goals per 90. So I think it's a good matchup for Bilbao at a pretty big number. And look, they're like mines, like Brighton. These are the type of teams that you want to back to punch up as underdogs because they are solid uh, in all three phases of the game. What do you have for us in La Liga?
0: Real Sociedad Alaves under two and a half goals at minus one twenty. The last time these two teams met, it was a really cagey one-one draw. Only around two expected goals were created, and I'm expecting this, this this time around as well. Real Sociedad, let's just be flat honest—they are not the offense we expected them, them to be coming into the season. Ninth in non-penalty expected goals for match, thirteenth in shots per ninety minutes, seventeenth in crosses completed into the penalty area for a team that has Alexander Ishak and Mikel Olafabell that is definitely not good enough. And Alaves, while they're not maybe one of the more better defensive teams in La Liga, they are horrific offensively. Bottom three in every single offensive metric, including averaging only 0.8 non-penalty expected goals per match. In fact, they've only created over one expected goal three times in their last 12 matches. So I'm expecting a pretty low event match here. I only have around 2.8. zero five goals projected. So uh, at a price of minus 120 on under two and a half goals, uh, I like the value on that.
1: All right. uh, Right back to you for League Ooh. Yeah. uh, Lens plus 105
0: on the road at Mets. Mets is, I think, maybe the worst team in the top five leagues. It's probably a battle between them and Salernitana in Italy. I mean, they are dead last in every single offensive metric. They've created only over one expected goal twice. In their last twelve matches, Lens it hasn't been in the best form in league on, but this is just a terrific matchup for them. Still top five in non-penalty expected goals, shots per ninety, and big scoring chances allowed. On the flip side, fifth in all the important offensive metrics. It's a team that's due for a lot of positive regression. Just a good spot for them at a good price. I have them projected at minus one twenty-five, so at plus one hundred five on the money line. Good price on Lens. Get all three points at Mets.
1: All right. Let's go on to our favorite underdogs. Anthony uh, has sent in his from vacation, uh, and it's Wolfsburg. Yeah, he's, West...
0: he's, he's credentialed somehow at the ACC tournament. What is he – I mean, they're just, <laughs> they must be just giving out credentials to anybody these days. Uh, just for... – uh...
1: just keep him far far away from 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 the professionals is all i'm going to say but for his underdog he likes wolfsburg there plus 245 on saturday morning on the road taking on freiburg in the bundesliga for me uh i like brighton i talked about it this is a team we like to back at big prices and i know that they have struggled immensely over their past four matches they're Oh, oh, and 4 win draw loss with a minus eight goal differential only one goal scored however there is some positive regression coming from them offensively and Liverpool right now are in some I want to say bad form but they're definitely showing some wobble to them and I want to beat the market to them they just uh to that wobble I should say is they they just lost to Inter Milan at home 1-0 in the Champions League uh they've been playing a ton of soccer across a bunch of different competitions over the past three weeks so a fatigued Liverpool is not uh a fatigue team is not what you want to go into the Amex with to take on Brighton, a team that can press you and pass you off the park. So I'd like a buy low spot here on the Seagulls, plus 550. They have played very well against Liverpool so far over the past two years. They're one one win, two two draws against the Reds. So uh, a bogey side, if there ever was one for Jurgen Klopp's men. Brighton plus five fifty on Saturday morning, 730 a.m.
0: Torino plus 390 at home against Inter Milan. This is a terrific matchup for Torino, especially being at home. It's a strength versus strength matchup. Inter is number one in every single offensive metric, but Torino is second in every single defensive metric behind only Napoli. And they're also the number one pressing team, as I mentioned many times, in Italy, now Inter is very good versus pressure, but they haven't seen, they really struggled the last of the time these two teams met. Inter won, one nothing at the San Siro, but expected goals was only 1.3 to 0.6. Shots were even. Torino out-touched them in the penalty area. Possession was pretty even. Inter's defense is starting to trend a little bit in the wrong direction. They're now down to fifth in non-penalty expected goals allowed, fifth in big scoring chances allowed When near the beginning of the season when they were in their dominant form. They were number one in pretty much every single one of these defensive categories. So a really good spot here for a really underrated Torino team. I have them projected around only plus 250. So at plus 390, I think you're getting really good value on Torino to upset Inter Milan.
1: Torino, Brighton, and Wolfsburg. You parlay those three teams together and it's 109 to 1. Um, all right, we'll move on to our two favorite bets. I like Leeds United minus 1.5 plus 143 against Norwich City. Norwich City's 20th in non-penalty expected goals per 90, 20th in shots per 90, 20th in big scoring chances, and 18th in box entries per 90 minutes uh, The season. How do you beat Leeds United? You play through their pressure and you take advantage of their leaky defense. And North City is as ill-equipped a team to do that as anybody in the Premier League. Plus, not knowing what they do on Thursday, uh, uh, hand up, we're recording this before, uh, Leeds' match on Thursday – However, they did show that they had some defensive improvements under Jesse Marsh in his debut. So I'm going to go with Leeds United, back that improvement against North City. They are the type of team that can score in bunches. So if they do win, it's likely to come multiple goals. So I like chasing a minus one and a half. And if you're crazy, maybe minus two and a half or minus three and a half against North City. This should be a blowout. BJ, your favorite bet.
0: Crystal Palace, plus one and a half at even money at home. On Monday afternoon against league leaders, Manchester City, Crystal Palace, the home road splits for them are pretty drastic this season. They're unbelievable team at home, fifth in the Premier League with a plus 8.8 expected goal differential. But more importantly, they've been really good against the big boys in four matches against Tottenham, West Ham, Liverpool and Chelsea. Crystal Palace has a plus 2.4 expected goal differential. And they actually handed Manchester City one of their three losses on the season back at the Etihad back in October. Crystal Palace won 2-0. Manchester City did get a red card around the 45th minute, but Palace did hold them to 1.1 expected goals and only 14 shots, which is not a lot of teams can say this season. Manchester City has been in a little bit of weird form. Since the start of the new year, they only have a plus 0.88. Uh, expect a goal differential per 90 minutes, which sounds really good, but if you compare it to 2021 where they had a plus 1.83, expect a goal differential per 90 minutes, their dip in form is actually starting to show on the pitch. So I love this spot here for Chris Palace especially being at home. I have Manchester City spread projected only around minus 1.1. So I love the Eagles plus one and a half at even money.
1: All right, uh, that wraps up another episode of Wonder Goal. We will see you again on Monday morning with Anthony Dabundo back in town.